It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds may have found the guy to make the outfield much better in 2023 as Nick Craw went out and found a diamond in the rough again. We'll tell you why on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you. If you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, we are celebrating another humdinger of a trade by Nick Crawl. Will Benson is exactly what this team needed. We'll tell you why we're so excited for him to come to Cincinnati, how Benson can make this outfield and this lineup better and who the odd man out is. Plus we've got a thought about a guy who got cut uh, as part of this trade. That's all coming up here on today's locked on reds. That's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sports book of locked on make every moment more visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. And where we are going to start, Steve is with the trade. Now, if you see the headline go across, and you see Reds acquire Will Benson. Uh, strike me if I'm wrong. He wasn't in the MVP race last year. Uh, uh, just missed it. Just just, just missed it a little bit. Wasn't, wasn't, in the, wasn't in the rookie of the year race last year. No, no. So people are probably thinking, so who is this guy? But he has the profile of a guy that the Reds can build their outfield around. Now, I know that people are still very hungry for some kind of press conference trade. I get it. I get that how on the surface, a lot of Reds fans looked at this and kind of rolled their eyes and gave it a whatever, but, but you're right. This is a, this is a move that uh, has potential impact on the outfield for multiple seasons to come. Will Benson, uh, had a handful of big league games last season. He's still considered a rookie. He's rookie eligible. Uh, he's going to come into Cincinnati and immediately compete to be a starter on this team. Now, I, I think he'll be a platoon guy. Uh, for those of you out there that missed Jeff's uh, crossover with the Locked On Guardians folks uh, right after this deal went down yesterday, uh, go back and give that a listen because there's a ton of great information in there. Uh, but listening to that, Jeff, I think I agree with uh, what it sounded like the consensus of your conversation was uh, that this is going to be the left the left-handed part of the center field platoon i think that's where we end up with uh with will benson because uh you know d his numbers grayed out in such a way that uh he's going to be able to play his defensive metrics say that he can play center field especially in cincinnati uh so yes. i think i think 
this this trade actually is a lot bigger deal than it looks like on the surface because I think it dramatically changes the outfield in Cincinnati right now today. No, I think we are going to look back on this deal and say this was a key trade that Nick Crawl made because, like you mentioned, he's a left-handed hitting center fielder. He can stick in center field. This isn't like, a, well, you know, Jesse Winker could play center field in a pinch. No, 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 no. This guy can play there. And, and you know, the platoon splits is something that comes up a little bit as far as when you ask, can he play every day? He's got to show that he can hit lefties. Um, it, the average in AAA wasn't that bad against lefties. It's that his slugging percentage took a huge hit. He only slugged 375 against lefties in AAA. But we're talking about a dude that has power. Steve, what did this lineup not have last year? It did not have a lot of power or talent, no power. but power power is where you're going. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Power is <laughs> power. You're not wrong about the talent either. But yeah, power is key, and he's got a lot of it. His it, on the scouting grade of a scale of 20 to 80. He has a raw power grade of 70, which is amazing. And he's a game power rating. Now, right now it's 50, but they said that it could be as high as 60 uh, pretty soon here. And, and even, you know, like I mentioned, just a quick synopsis of my conversation with Justin Latta from Lockdown Garden, Guardians. He says that he has 40 homer upside. You know, whether or not he can get there will depend on if he can actually play every day. But it's not because of like defensive limited limit defensive limitations or base running limitations that would keep him out of the lineup. It's just whether or not he can learn to hit lefties. Well, and I don't know if you know this or not, but Great American Ballpark is kind of known as a hitter's park. I don't know yeah. if you've heard that before. I've um, heard that something. Yeah, no, I, he's coming to a ballpark where he's going to play 81 games. That's going to. Uh, you know, his game's going to play well there. Uh, we're talking about a guy that has uh, some defensive upside in an outfield that's a little bit smaller. Uh, I can see a lot of uh, home runs getting robbed out there in the outfield with big arm uh, too is what with, with him out there playing defense. Uh, and then the fact that he's got this much power in a ballpark that once it warms up, uh, the ball jumps. Now I'm not saying he's going to be hitting balls into the river every day, but I do feel like his, his power numbers are uh, a very nice, you know, to, uh, to make this a, a Michelin star moment, you know, his power numbers pair very nicely with great American <laughs> ballpark. Uh, I think, I think that, you know, if you're a guy that, you know, has the potential to hit the long ball, like he does, you're pretty excited to be coming to Cincinnati and getting an opportunity to uh to put that power on display and and i foresee a lot of home run balls out there to my favorite spot in the world the budweiser bar down the right field line hit that bow tie bar yeah if nick crawl doesn't like walk into a conversation with a you know a position players agent and says i see you have a lot of power may i pair it with a uh, great american ballpark for you yes that's that's perfect i love that uh because he has so much power. Even the stats show it. In 401 plate appearances at AAA last year, he had a slugging percentage of 522 in 400 plate appearances. We're not talking about a small sample size. We're talking about a whole season. He slugged 522. And I know AAA, there's still a little bit you know, of translation there between the minors and the majors, but it's not low minors. We're, we're talking about AAA here. Plus, the other thing that's good about him, it's not just that he can hit the ball really far. Aristides Aquino could hit the ball really far, Steve, but Aristides Aquino didn't know a ball from a strike. On the other hand, 
Will Benson does. In fact, last season in 2022, he took his strikeout rate down. It was in the 30s, 30% range there in 2021. He cut it to 22% last season. Walks a lot, too. Had a 426 on base percentage. That was another thing that Justin said is that he is going to he's going to take and he's going to eat a lot of pitches and he's going to be a nuisance for opposing pitchers. And I, and I think that's something this lineup really lacked last year, especially once Joey Votto was gone, was having guys in the lineup that could make the opposing pitcher work. Uh, you know, one of the things about today's pitching game is we all know that most starters don't make it past the sixth inning. They usually don't get through the lineup the third time. And you need you need hitters in your lineup that are going to make a, a pitcher throw 10, 15 pitches per at bat. If you can get guys in the lineup that can do that and get into that bullpen sooner, uh, it's a it's an advantage for, for the offense. So I think this is a great pickup in that standpoint, having additional guys around that'll just make the other guys work a little bit more. Uh, I think the Reds really lacked that last season. They didn't have guys in the lineup that knew the strike zone, that could command uh, – the strike zone that could battle and uh, this changes that a little bit. And there was also something too, and you saw this and I, I didn't, I didn't see this whenever the deal initially went down, but there's, there's this other side of baseball, the chemistry side, something we don't necessarily talk about a whole lot, but you had mentioned, you saw this, that he was in uh, Taylor Chamel's wedding with Tyler Stevenson. So he's already yeah. got a relationship with our key dude here. Like these two dudes could be in the middle of the Reds order for the years to come. And, and clearly they're at least more than casual acquaintances. You know, you know, the, the, the connector there, the common denominator could be Taylor Trammell. Um, but they were both in Taylor Trammell's wedding uh, and, and hat tip to uh, see Trent Rosecrans. I saw this on his, on his, uh, Timeline is where this little bit of information came from, but uh, this is, this is good. This is uh, there's something to be said for chemistry. You know, Jonathan India hit on it a lot after the trades last season. So it's good bringing in known commodities. I think, I, I think I'd rather have a friend of a friend than whatever Tommy fam is with everybody else. This is true. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's getting punched in the face over their football, their fantasy football, at least uh, to start the season. But I, I know this, Will Benson is the outfielder that the Reds didn't currently have, but desperately needed to build their outfield around. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about what this lineup is going to look like now and what the impacts of uh, this trade are on the Reds roster moving into the 2023 baseball season. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk to you about the sponsor of today's podcast, and that's FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. Download FanDuel now so that you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
that means you listened to Jeff and took the over. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, uh, you can get paid your winnings instantly as soon as the game is over. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Oh, and now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, Locked On has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers get their bets in on time and correct every time. Download and subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast for daily picks and analysis. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked On Reds. Coming up tomorrow, could Joey up? Oh, this is last one's uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be doing a live Aloha Friday show. You guys know that's my favorite show of the week where we put you in the driver's seat. We take your questions. We take your comments and uh, we uh, let you kind of steer the ship, at least for most of the show. And within reason, you guys, I read all of the comments, even though I don't put them on air. I've been watching you guys. You guys are hilarious. I love it. Uh, that's a 1.30 p.m. That's at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Aloha Live Friday edition of Locked on Reds. That's coming up tomorrow. Absolutely. And you know what's coming up tomorrow, Steve? Uh, we're probably going to be talking a little bit more about this whole Will Benson thing because Will Benson has really changed this roster around because the Reds, I mean, I mean the opportunity abounds. And, and sure, we're, we're talking about the potential of Will Benson. He's not an established dude just yet but he has the profile that he could be established pretty quickly. And that's not something that the Reds have in their outfield. So with that, he is going to get the lion's share of time at center field simply because of that talent. And you pair with it the fact, pair with it, that that's the theme of today's is, is uh, pairings. Uh, the fact that there's just not that many people that are competing with him here. Uh, when you're talking about right-handed pitching, he's going to be the dude that's in the lineup every day in center field. I think so. And and really, and, and we didn't talk about this up top, but uh, Benson is a former number one first round. I mean, not a number one draft pick, but a first round draft pick. 14th uh, he's going to be competing with another first round draft pick. Uh, it's going to be the battle of the first round draft picks that didn't quite hit like they were supposed to. Uh, but I, I like this for a couple reasons. I think that if ever the Reds had done something that's going to push Nick Senzel a little bit, it's this. You know, like the this is a clear shot across Nick Senzel's bow. Like this guy's coming to take your job. We brought him in here to take your job. So yep. if there's not an there's not a greater motivator than that, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, and but Benson's 24, too. I mean, this Benson's is 24. Yeah. If this is a straight platoon situation, Jeff, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, Benson is gonna get the majority of the playing time out there in center field. So uh, it, it makes it very interesting what the Reds will do next because uh you know, I think that I think that Nick Senzel's in trouble. Yes, and especially when they start to work him in. I I imagine because David Bell has said this in the past about lefties, especially rookie lefties, that he wants to ease them in against left-handed pitching because it's just different at the major league level. Like not every left-handed pitcher in the minor leagues can execute the arsenal of pitches that major league lefties can do. So there's going to be a little bit of hand holding there. I don't necessarily think we'll see him start that first game against a left-handed pitcher, but 
any right-handed pitcher on the mound, that's when we're going to see Will Benson. And we've already seen some dominoes fall. In fact, we talked about Alejo Lopez a little bit as a possible 40-man uh, cut here. Yeah, I know. It's it's a bummer to see this, but he was immediately cut because Will Benson's on the 40-man. He the, the Guardians were trying to clear space on their own 40-man roster by trading him. It's just looking at this deal. This dude is so good. And I'm totally okay with the moves that were made here. And we're going to talk more about Alejo Lopez here in a few minutes. But you're right. I am all in on them pushing Nick Senzel. And I also think that this kind of makes TJ Friedel the odd man out. That, that could be the case. I mean, for TJ Friedel to not be completely out of the picture, uh, the Reds are going to have to carry six outfielders. Now, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I can see that happening on the 26-man roster. Uh, but the playing time is going to be what's interesting because yeah. I think you and I have already decided that you know it's the Jake Fraley show over in one of the corners. 100%. Uh, and that's going to be a straight platoon. Uh, and we, we talked about it being Pinder being the other half of that particular platoon. We wondered what they would do in center. Uh, we thought that it would be a platoon between Nick Senzel and TJ Friedel. That looks to not be the case now. It's going to be a platoon between Nick Senzel and Benson, and Benson getting probably the majority of that playing time. And then in the other corner, it looks to be Will Myers, who can probably play every day, not so much of a platoon. Now, you do need one more guy that can possibly come in late inning swaps uh, based on uh, the pitchers that are on the mound and rest and so on and so forth. So that gives uh, Friedel a little bit of opportunity there, I think. But as far as the overall playing time, yeah, the the playing time that Friedel was going to get has probably been cut in half now. Yeah, and, and when I think about that too, the chances of Friedel making this roster now is that if we're considering him the last position player there, two things that the Reds are going to look there is uh, positional flexibility and bat. What does he bring to the table? TJ Friedel does not have power. We, we know this. We know that he is not a power hitter. He's fine hitting for average. He's never going to blow the doors off there, but he's he's just going to be a solid singles hitter. And from all reports, Jason Vossler is a power hitter. And I think that, like we said, the the great thing about the Will Benson edition is his power. I think the Reds may also lean toward power here as well because Vossler and Friedel, both lefty bats, Bossler might be able to play some corner outfield, definitely play some infield. So the positional flexibility is a lot more than TJ Friedel. I just think that it, it, it's going to be a long shot for, for TJ to be on the opening day roster at this point. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think they still have the ability to send him down to Louisville as well. So, you know, Friedel's not a bad insurance policy uh, right. and I could totally see him, you know, starting the season in AAA and, you know, at some point in the season, he'll get, he'll get a call up. Uh, it just will happen. Everybody's not going to be healthy all year long. So uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, last man on the roster, first guy out of Louisville. I mean, he's, that's the tier that he is. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose much sleep over the fate of TJ Friedel. I think that, you know, whatever happens with him kind of strikes me as, eh, okay, that's probably how he right. should be handled. And there's going to be injuries. There's going to be change. And, you know, there, there is a chance. Obviously, we are being super bullish on Will Benson, but there's a chance that he struggles and maybe he needs some time at AAA. Then you can swap TJ Friedel. You do have that insurance policy. Like we said, this, this outfield, 
it's going to be a wealth of opportunity all year long. Can Jake Fraley learn how to hit left-handed pitching? Can Will Benson learn how to hit left-handed? Like all this stuff comes into play. And then are we going to get to the point this season where we see any of the shortstop prospects get moved to the outfield and will they be in the major leagues? I mean, they're, you know, Matt McClain, are we going to see him in the second half of the season and whose position, whose spot on the roster does he take? So there's, there's lots of questions that are going to be uh, asked there, but one thing is for sure, at least early on in the season. And I believe all season long, cause I think he's just going to grab the bull by the horns here. Will Benson should see the lion's share of playing time in center field. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I yeah. really do. I think that's how it'll play out. But like we mentioned a moment ago, Alejo Lopez was cut. And while we understand it in one sense, we are completely baffled in a totally different sense. We'll explain why coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to let you know you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, thank you so much for doing so. Make sure you drop a comment, a question, whatever you've got down there in the comments section. We'd love to hear from you. Like we said, we'd love to talk Reds. And we want to talk Reds with you. Also, in between episodes, you can talk Reds with us on Twitter. As long as Twitter works, that is. Uh, you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, Steve. So part of this trade, I, I don't think we even mentioned the entire parameters of the trade. No, you mentioned the entire parameters of the trade. The player to be named later, and and also Alejo Lopez was cut. Uh, he, and he also sent, another important distinction there: uh, player to be named later or cash. Or cash. So it, it it tells me by them including that. I bet you this ends up being cash. I really yeah. think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, this I don't necessarily think, and I haven't seen, I've been looking, I haven't seen that there is a, you know, a list. We always talk mm -hmm. about the lists with player to be named later. I don't see a list. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be cash. But Alejo Lopez was DFA'd, which could mean a lot of different things. He could pass through waivers and still be on the team, at least be a non-roster invitee. He might get claimed. We might see him on a totally different team here very soon. But th there's really two schools of thought with this because you and I have been Alejo Lopez stands for the better part of a year now. We've, we've talked about the value to him. He's not a power hitter. We're never going to see homers and, and, and extra base hits in large numbers from Alejo Lopez. What we're going to see is singles and getting on base and causing havoc on the base paths. That's what his game is. However, that was never enticing for the Reds. Yeah, and I don't think he ever really got a good long view chance to show what his game is. I mean, we kind of think we know what his game might have been, but he never really got to put it on display. Um, I think there's a better than 50% chance he gets claimed by somebody. I think that especially the, the bottom tier teams in the league that are just kind of looking to, you know, say they've done something and, and shake things up a little bit and put a guy on the field that could have some success. You know, Aleo Lopez fits that bill all the way around. He doesn't cost a lot of money. He can play multiple positions. He looks like a guy that can get on base for you. He looks like a guy that can steal some bases for you, especially with the new rules coming in. So I think someone's going to pick him off of waivers and bring him out to spring training in the hopes that, that he can be a, a, a regular player for them. Uh, and, you know, for Aleo Lopez, I kind of hope that's what happens. Uh, clearly, uh, for whatever reason, the Cincinnati Reds don't believe in him like you and I believe in him and like he believes in himself. 
Uh, when you find yourself in a working situation like that, it's time to move to a new employer. And uh, that being said, I, I hope that someone plucks Leo Lopez out of the organization and that he goes and has success. And that's the part of this that we get. We understand on the field performance, they're evaluating. They just didn't see it. That's fine. That makes sense. The part that doesn't make sense is the fact that he was included in the offseason marketing program for the Reds. This is the baffling part. This is the part that is absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, Aleo Lopez was one of the headliners of the Reds caravan. I mean, he wasn't yes. a throw-in. He was one of the headliners. And I don't know if that says that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing as far as these players in the Reds front office or if they went down the 40 man and like everybody said no until they got to Aleo Lopez, because clearly Aleo Lopez was the last man on the 40 man roster. He was guy number 40 because he's the guy that got DFA would when they made a move. So to have him out on the caravan and to, to be putting him front and center and, and, and subject fans to waiting in line to meet and take a picture with this guy who's gone, he's gone. Didn't even make it to spring training. He's gone. Uh, it feels like a huge missed opportunity. It's it's very confusing to me that they would allow this to happen. And I guess they're ne I guess they're not going to come out and say, Jeff. Oh, you know, well, we asked everybody else, and they said no. They're not going to tell us Bad that. Look. But yeah. it really feels like that's what happened. I I almost feel. Like this was something that they're like, okay, we, we've, we've done this in years past. We have to continue to do this. We have to market the team. And then they just kind of waited until the last second to plan it. Because think about this from a player's perspective. The Super Bowl is in Phoenix. You have the Waste Management Open PGA Tour event that is in Phoenix all this weekend. Pitchers and catchers report next week. So it's not as if... You're going to move into your spring training uh, housing, whatever that might be, condo, apartment, whatever, have you, Airbnb, whatever. You're not going to move into that the day before you're supposed to report to camp. That's just, that's going to be a recipe for disaster for you as a player. So you're going to want to get there early. So probably what you've done is you've already planned out this, you know, the month of January for yourself that you're going to get to Arizona. You're going to get set up and you're probably going to start getting in shape. Or, I mean, maybe continuing your conditioning. I'm guessing they're not just starting conditioning at this point. At least that's where my optimistic brain takes me. So with that, you're busy. And then you get a call up on the phone like, hey, we want you to go out on the Reds caravan to the eastern portion where we're going to travel to West Virginia and all this other stuff. And they're like, dude, I just moved my family to Arizona for the next couple of months. Like, you could have called a little bit earlier. I, I just think that there is a, a, a feeling around this. When I look at this and just say, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like the Reds caravan was hastily planned. And when you're touting a guy like Alejo Lopez, a guy that you have not committed to as a organization, and yet somehow you're trying to run him out there to fans and you're trying to show fans reasons to be excited for the season. And then immediately before anybody even reports the camp, that guy's not even going to be on the roster anymore. That is such a bad look. And I don't understand why they didn't see that coming. 
You know, I, I think you could be right about a lot of this, Jeff. Uh, you know, anybody that follows uh, the crafty lefty, Chris Welsh, on Twitter saw that he's been in Hawaii for the last month. Um, yeah. You know, he comes out here every year, and uh, I got the opportunity to sit down with him and have coffee down here by the beach last week. And one of the things he mentioned was uh, the challenge, as you're describing, that people were having getting set up in Goodyear because of the Super Bowl and because of the PGA and that uh, unlike a lot of other years, it's been hard for everybody to get in there and get settled. So I think that is probably a very valid point, Jeff, that people got there early, they got settled in and no, they didn't want to go out and do things and they didn't want to uproot again. Uh, yeah. I think what it says to me the most is that some of these things that we used to think were strengths of the Reds as far as relating to the fans and the, the events for the fans, the Reds Fest, the caravan, the, these things, um, they've taken a hit recently. Yeah. And, you know, I think that hit coincides with Phil Castellini uh, being more in charge. Uh, you know, it's not just about the things that he said last opening day, uh, but he has over the last two to three years taken a much greater, much more active role in day to day being the boss. And that's when we started to see the changes in some of these things that have always worked and have always been great for the fans. So for me, I think that's the problem. I think that uh, these these events that were once the highlights of what the Reds were trying to do. Uh, have been moved into the afterthought category, like you say, and, uh, and it shows. And I don't want to seem like we're unfairly attacking anyone here. This is a one plus one observation. I see this. So this is what I'm thinking. Like, I'm not, I don't think we're coming out of left field with these observations here. And the idea of the caravan, I, I think they just should have continued what they did with the Reds Fest. I thought Reds Fest, they did a good job of pushing the narrative of the future. The future is bright. Mm -hmm. Talk about all these young studs. And then none of those guys were on the trip. I mean, mm -hmm. you had Jose Barrero out there who's going to be fighting for his major league life here in the first month of the season or so. You're, you've got Leo Lopez. You got TJ Friedel. You got all these different dudes that, you know, more power to them. They made it to the major leagues. But at the same time, what is their outlook for this team, for this future? And that was always in question. There, the, I don't think even the casual fan thought that they were meeting a guy that is a integral part of the future of this team. So there, there's a little bit of a huge swing and miss here that I think that when it comes to marketing this team, marketing this product, you've already got lots of fans saying, why on earth am I coming to the ballpark to watch this team? And you just served it up to a silver, served it up to them on a silver platter to explain to them why they should. Well, this, I know Jeff, uh, some of the moves that they made, we don't necessarily understand, but at the end of the day, we agree with, I think we both agree that the outfield yeah. is better today than it was two days ago. I think there's going to be more and more interesting battles in spring training. Uh, I, I don't recall a spring training uh, that's going to quite look like this one where there's going to be position battles all over the place. And I know this, we're going to have everybody covered every step of the way. Absolutely, Steve. And that's how we're going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, it's another Aloha Friday, and we can't wait to talk to you. Make sure you join us at 1.30 p.m. right here on the Lockdown Reds YouTube channel. 
But thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like you and me here at Locked On Reds, Steve and Steve. Uh, as we move forward, and we've got uh, Aloha Friday tomorrow, we got pitchers and catchers reporting next week. We're back to five episodes a week next week. What can people expect from us? They can expect us to be monitoring the transactions, following the rumors, questioning the moves, watching the battles, and then reporting back and keeping each and every viewer and listener locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.